Midtown Detroit studios of WDET. This is Detroit Today. How do we make Michigan a state that's growing like much of the rest of the country? And what role do young people play, not only in that future, but in helping us to design that future? Governor Gretchen Whitmer has the whole state focusing on growth and retention. But are her efforts missing a lot of the voices of the people most likely to make a difference? Young people. Today, we're going to talk with a group of young Michiganders about all that. That's next on Detroit Today. But first, the news from NPR. Today on 101.9 WDET, I'm your host, Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you've decided to join us. I want to start with a story that I think will resonate with a lot of people my age right about now. I was sitting around with some friends late last week talking about my two children, who, as of this fall, will both be college students. Now, they're attending locally, one at Michigan State University, the other at the University of Michigan. And the subject in my conversation, though, turned to what my kids will do when they're done with school. They grew up here. They're going to college here. Will they stay or will they go? Now, that's a really big oversimplification for sure of the choices that young people face about their lives. But bottom line, a report from the Citizens Research Council of Michigan found that Michigan has fallen behind other states in population growth, jobs, earnings, health, educational achievement, and the quality of public services at the state and local levels. So let's be honest. There are really good reasons for young people often to go elsewhere and not look back. At this year's Mackinac Policy Conference, though, Governor Gretchen Whitmer announced the creation of the Growing Michigan Together Council. Now, this group will consist of 28 members who are tasked with, among other things, creating recommendations on how Michigan can retain and attract young talent here in the state. But here's something interesting about this effort. The executive order creating the commission requires that only one member be under the age of 25. And as of Friday, only one of the 16 commissioners named was even under the age of 30. So that has a lot of people concerned that maybe this commission is not really set up to fully grasp how to fix the problem. I mean, how can they do that if they don't really include the perspectives of the people we're talking about, the young people who face these kinds of decisions. To bring this example full circle, think about it this way. Would it make sense for me to be talking about ways to keep my children in Michigan with my friends, people in their 50s, and not talk much with my kids, the ones who are making the decisions about where they'll live? So, 
why are young people leaving? Is this really as big an issue as the governor is making it? And if so, what's the best way to retain and recruit young people to our state? That's where we begin the conversation today, and we're going to do something a little different. We're going to do something different, at least, than what this commission is doing. We're going to explore the perspectives of the young people facing the decision of whether to leave, stay, or in some cases return to the state of Michigan. To help us do that, I'm joined right now by a panel of guests who all have found themselves in that situation. First up is Paul Jones III. He is a community planner with the U.S. Department of Transportation. He is from Detroit, but right now he works and lives outside of the state. Paul, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. Also with us is Carrie Jr. He is a journalist and a podcast producer right here at WDET. He left the state for school but came back to Michigan. Carrie, welcome back to Detroit Today. Happy to be here. And Rachel Levy is a clinical social worker in private practice here in Southeast Michigan. She is originally from Arizona, but went to school at the University of Michigan Ann Arbor and stayed for her career. Rachel, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello, hello. So we've got a real balance of perspectives here. Lots of different experiences for young people. Uh, who are either here or from here in Michigan. Paul, I want to start with you. Tell me why you left Michigan, what factors weighed into your decision, and then tell me about your future. I think one of the interesting things about people who grow up and maybe go elsewhere is someday they think they might return. (laughs) So I would love to hear how you think about things uh, from where you are. Definitely. Um, I would say it's been kind of a long road, this decision for me. Uh, So, you know, high school, I went to U of E Jesuit, graduated in 2015. Um, Around that time, a good chunk of my classmates, even then, decided to leave state. Um, The ones who did stay around and went to Michigan universities, um, a lot of them ended up leaving the state once they were done with that. Um, I, I really, especially for my early career and you know, life, just really saw myself in Detroit. I really um, was excited about what I believed could happen there um, and about the, some of the opportunities uh, that, that were around there. So I would say I, I was really, I really appreciate the hands-on experience that I got there in the city, just kind of being on the ground. Uh, just dealing with things like uh, just dealing with things at a level that I don't think I would have really been able to touch um, in a bigger city. But yeah, I, I would say after you know going back for grad school, really looking around at the type of opportunities that were available in the field, um, they just didn't seem like they were really in line with what I see for my own career and values. Uh, so I just started to look look elsewhere, huh. and I think um, I, I really. Yeah, like you said, I think Detroit really does, for people who grew up there, um, there's that passion that's always there. I'm here in Boston. I like the work that I do here, but it doesn't mean as much to me as it would um, if I was there at home. But I think being able to, I, I felt, it got to a point where I felt like I had to step away to really get the experience that I wanted um, to be able to do what I want to do in Detroit later on. So. Hmm. 
Um, yeah, I think that's uh, it's, it's a loaded question for sure. So tell me about uh, you said something that I want to hear more about. You said you didn't feel like the kinds of opportunities that you wanted or needed were going to be available to you here. Uh, can you be more specific about the things that you found wanting here in Southeast Michigan? Yeah, I, I think we, Southeast Michigan is really struggling to innovate and really struggling to think about um, how we can do things differently. I think a lot of, so my, my packing up and really preparing for this move lined up with the Mackinac Policy Conference, which was just really interesting timing to be, uh, you know, really thinking about all of these things and preparing to leave the state myself. It, it feels a lot more like we're trying to repackage the way that we've always done things. Um, language, calling it innovation uh, without really looking at the fundamental things that we have to do differently as a region and a state to, to push these things forward. Um, I think specifically thinking about my realm of, uh, you know, urban planning and transportation mm -hmm. policy, Michigan is really, really focused on continuing to prioritize the auto industry in that. And there's the future that we're talking about at the state level and that I think we're trying to buy for it is it's not going to be found with uh, just our continued focus on that industry. Uh, so the other thing you said that I found really interesting, uh, Paul, is that you want to come back. You, you, it sounds like you have plans to relocate here in Southeast Michigan at, at some point. Tell me why and tell me what you think that path looks like, given what you just said about the things that we aren't doing to attract and retain folks. Yeah, so I, I would say, I think the best answer to that is that a lot of young people who are leaving Detroit are really feeling like they're being driven away rather than being drawn away or, or you know, really, yeah, just like, I, for me personally, I've never had this desire to, I, I grew up with a lot of people who, to them, the idea of success was always leaving Detroit. It was, I have to go away to do X, Y, and Z. Um, for me, that was never really my approach with things. But um, yeah, I, I think just, so yeah, I, I think there's just a lot of, a lot of complicated feelings of seeing um, all of these things happening in the city, um, wanting to be excited about that, but not seeing yourself in the future that's being built right now. Mm. And really trying to understand how you can position yourself um, to you know, potentially return to have your your ideas and voice valued in that space, um, it, it does feel a lot like. Um, I, I think a, a, I think a fundamental piece of this is Detroit doesn't do a great job at recognizing the talent that's already there, um, and I think we we often wait for people to put cities like New York, Los Angeles, Boston on their resumes before um, yeah. before they're able to come back and actually take positions and be taken seriously. Um, in the professional world there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rachel, I want to go to you next. Uh, you're, you're listening, of course, to what Paul is saying about having grown up here and decided to move away. You're the opposite. You grew up elsewhere, came here for college, and you are staying. So tell me what it is about Southeast Michigan that uh, has, has captured your interest and your loyalty. For sure. I mean, the first thing that's sticking out about 
um, what was being said by the previous guest was this idea of home. Like that feels really compelling to me because I'm from Arizona, but my parents are from New York. And so my, 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 uh, the way that I think about home is not like, oh, I'm going to return to Arizona after college because my whole family lives in New York. And so when I moved to, to Michigan for college, I think I was really hungry for, for this idea of community and like feeling of belonging and um, just feeling engaged in, in, in a place, I guess. Um, and so I, I had a great time in, in undergrad. I met some amazing people um, in Ann Arbor and then the week that I was deciding about grad school, the pandemic hit. And so I was like, okay, am I going to go out of state uh, for grad school or am I going to stay where it's familiar and I have community and I, I feel a sense of belonging? Um, and so the decision felt pretty easy to stay for grad school. And once I was here for grad school, I started to develop like a professional network and a, um, a sense of my professional identity, which feels very community oriented. Um, and so after grad school, I wanted to find a place that also held community as a value and I saw that in Southeast Michigan and I saw that specifically in Detroit you know for all the reasons that we're, we're talking about like Detroiters rely on each other a lot mm -hmm. um, for better or for worse and I think that does create a really uh, unique sense of community that I have really enjoyed being a part of and plugging into over the last year um, and I do feel excited to stay and, and I'm working towards my licensure right now and social work is a state-based licensure so I feel really committed to getting my license here and continuing to, to work here. Um, it's beautiful first so of all but hear, yeah. When yeah, you sure. hear people say uh, there aren't a lot of reasons to stay in Michigan and you hear these numbers about us losing people uh, yeah. not only who uh, you know who, who who grew up here but you know people who come to school here and then decide that they're not gonna they're not gonna stay what is how does that hit your ears and and what is different in your mind I guess than what a lot of other folks seem to be feeling about this what what is the thing that um, that separates you from, from these other folks. I actually don't know how separate I am from those people. I mean, yeah. I left, I left Arizona. Like that mm -hmm. is, that is where I grew up. Um, and I think a lot of the people that I know who are from Michigan and went to Michigan and then decided to leave is that they were hungry for what I was hungry for when I was ready to leave. They wanted something different. They wanted a new perspective, um, not to do away with the old, but to just continue to expand what they were, what they were seeing in their lives. Um, yeah. 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 So, Carrie, uh, you're you're in between, I guess, yeah. <laughs> the other two guests, right? You grew up here, and you stayed. Yes. My sense uh, from knowing you is that you're pretty happy staying here and and exploring possibilities and opportunities in Southeast Michigan. Mm -hmm. Tell me why that's so. Uh, well, I, I will say this: whether I know long term how long I'd be here is, is still up because you know we still have time to make decisions. But yeah, no, I, I love being in Detroit. I think you know it's home, as Rachel just is, just spoke to. But I think part of it is the fact that I did have time. Like I did leave for for mm -hmm. college. I mm -hmm. went uh, to the South, uh, much different weather, you know, different people, different culture. Then came back home. Also, part of what influences that is there was a very different Detroit back when I was before I left. And when I came back, there was two different Detroits. To, there's a different Detroit to explore coming back. Then building that community also made me fall in love with it again. So having that kind of reinforce a place that was already home for me is kind of pretty easy or clear for me to be like, yeah, I, I want to be here. Um, one thing I do want to say, though, because I heard Paul speak to this was how um People think that like success looks like leaving Detroit. And mm -hmm. I just want to hit that point again very hard. Like every growing up here all the time, people are like, you got to get out. You got to leave. You got to go somewhere else. Honestly, I feel like that's a solid 
recommendation regardless of where you grow up mm-hmm. but here in particular it was very specific so you know, Michigan and, and Detroit like go somewhere else um, and I'm, I'm glad I did but I do also understand the value of this place in the state a lot of people talk about lack of opportunity mm-hmm. when they talk about South, southeast michigan at least as compared to other places mm-hmm. uh, paul in particular talking about how if he left there would be things he could do that he couldn't do here do you ever feel like that oh absolutely i, I feel that currently at, sometimes um i i definitely feel like a lack of diverse uh job op- occupations in this region or what i think restricts us from a lot of that stuff i mean there's some people who always talk about or what if we had the former those those film those incentives where they could make films that were, were cut out you know over a decade ago stuff like that that give us different avenues of places for people to go that's not just um you know blue collar industry work or it's not just this new startup tech industry it's not just real estate you know we want to find places where we can live and thrive here in a multitude of different sectors because there's a multitude of different people here with different career trajectories yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with the three young folks we have with us right now on the phone, Carrie Jr., Paul Jones III, and Rachel Levy. We'll also add some other voices to the conversation, folks who are thinking about how we keep and attract more young people here in Michigan, and folks who are looking pretty closely at what the governor is doing through the Growing Michigan Together Council. Also want to get going with you, the listeners, on the phones. Let us know what you think about staying here in Southeast Michigan. Are you a young person who's faced with the decision of whether to leave, stay, or return? What are the factors that you're looking at most closely with that uh, decision? Uh, Are you a parent, like I am, of somebody who is beginning to make these decisions? How do you convince them to stay? Do you want them to stay? Maybe you want them to go away and come back. Let us know how you think all of those things through. 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we can include you that way. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you've joined us. We're talking about the idea of keeping and attracting more people to the state of Michigan, something that Governor Gretchen Whitmer has really turned her focus to uh, since the Mackinac Policy Conference. She's got a new council, a new commission pulled together. Growing Michigan Together Council is what it's called, and it's supposed to come up with recommendations uh, to make this a more attractive place for people to come to or to stay. There's a specific emphasis on the idea of young people, people who grow up here, people who come to college here, people who may be from other places but are at points in their lives where they're making decisions about where they live. And there has been some concern about who's on that council. Do we have enough young voices actually helping to make the decisions about how we attract people like them? Uh, We've got three great guests with us right now. Kerry Jr. is with us. He is a journalist and a producer here at uh, WDET. He returned to Michigan after growing up here and 
going away and attending college in Atlanta. Paul Jones III is also with us. He's a community planner with the U.S. Department of Transportation. He recently left the state for a job in Boston. Uh, Also with us is Rachel Levy. She is a clinical social worker in private practice. She's originally from Arizona, but went to both undergraduate and graduate school at the University of Michigan and has stayed here for her career. I want to introduce another voice to the conversation as well. Uh, Sam Robinson is a reporter with Axios Detroit, and I've got Sam here now because I've been watching him on social media react to the way that they're putting together this uh, growing Michigan council, and he's been pretty, pretty critical of it. Sam, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Stephen. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, it's great to have you here. So uh, you're somebody who, of course, has stayed here in Michigan, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that choice. But I also want to talk about this council. And you have noted, I think, uh, pretty strongly in the last few days that maybe the focus is off here. Talk about the makeup of the council and the things that that you're finding to be uh, head scratchers, I guess, about uh, who's going to be on it. Sure. Well, I guess the first one that produced a couple headlines from our publication as well as Cranes and um, Bridge Michigan is there's only one person under 40 so far that's been appointed to this council. She's receiving, the governor is receiving criticism from both sides of the aisle. Uh, and really rightly so. It's like, is this a, a, a group that's focused on retaining young people or is this another tool for economic development, right? And I think that has been sort of the confusing piece. What we're asking the governor's office, right, is, is this really about retaining young people? Um, the, 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 the message has kind of gotten muddled there. Um, you know, we talk about growing Michigan Together Council, um, and, and this was announced uh, right off the back of her um, announcement of we are going to sort of refine our economic development strategy. And some folks see this as another extension of that. So, you know, when you look at this and you're somebody who, again, is right in the wheelhouse in terms of age and and other factors that, that they say, hey, these are the folks that we're speaking to. Do you think that's a, a, a real hurdle? If if you see that this council comes together and there aren't a lot of folks or any folks your age on it, does it does it kind of go over your head? Do you feel like uh, they're missing the point? Well, you know, it sure does. You know, um, Republicans are are certainly hitting um, hitting that point. You know, uh, House Minority Leader Matt Hall has been um, in my quote tweets on Twitter all of this saga talking about how the governor is violating her own uh, executive order in which this commission um, was created from leaving young voices off. Um, And, you know, it's really interesting when you look up the the makeup of uh, the board, you got some people asking, you know, is this just another board that she can give throw a bone to potential donors? You got uh, the university of Michigan president, who isn't the most popular guy in the Ann Arbor right now? Yeah. You got uh, <laughs> Brian Kelly, yeah. uh, Rick Snyder's former lieutenant, uh, or his former AG. Sorry, and, yeah, that's that's certainly not going to uh, <laughs> excite any Democrats. Um, and then you you're got it led by um, Shirley Stancato um, and John Ricolta, two people that are above the age of seventy. John Ricolta, if you read the Detroit News, 
yesterday, or this was a, a report on Friday from Craig Mager, um, there's questions of, of whether he even lives in the state of Michigan. Hmm. Um, he's a part-time Florida resident, uh, it, it, it appears. So, yeah, there's real questions on, on who has been appointed so far. And um, we're going to get another appointment, Stephen. The governor's office tells me that they are going to uh, do someone under 25 years old. That was part of the initial um uh, release right they have to have one person at least one person <laughs> um you know there's real questions Stephen. it's like what what the hell do people under 25 know about anything right we don't pay property taxes we don't have so i mean there there are there that's the the point i guess like well how many how many people that have never done anything in the world should you have but it's like man yeah i think what what folks my age i'm, I'm about to turn 26 in a couple weeks here uh, is, you know, you need fresh voices, man. We know why people leave. We know because they're our friends. They're us. You know, we know why. It's like, why don't you just ask us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam, uh, I, I want to have you also talk about why you're here. Uh, you stayed here in, in Michigan. Was that about uh, a choice to, to make a statement or because you felt like there was sufficient opportunity here or uh, or was something else at play? What walk me through your your decision making? Yeah, so I you know I spent the first few years of my life in Baltimore, Maryland. My mom worked at Johns Hopkins Hospital. She's from Midland, Sanford, so I went to Midland High School, two hours away from where I'm calling you right now in Detroit. Um, but I went to Western Michigan, Stephen. And what do you know about Western and Kalamazoo? Is we're closer to Chicago than we are Detroit. Absolutely. When, when kids go to Western, they don't end up in Michigan. The high achieving kids, they want to go be in a cool neighborhood in Chicago. <laughs> and it's the same crazy. I could I could live right now in Logan Square, Avondale, Chicago, have you know double the amount of amenities for the same price that I do right here, a mile away from where I'm calling you from in, in yeah. the Path Corridor. Yeah. It's the same price. So what went went what into the decision for me to stay here is that I love the state of Michigan. I got it tattooed on my arm. Oh. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up that's, in Midland. That's deep love, to, man. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, I've seen it all. I've seen Upper Peninsula, uh, you know, the Tuquamalan Falls, Marquette, you know, uh, Ludington, Empire, Alpena. You know, you go to all, you touch all places of the state, and you realize how special it is. Not everybody, especially kids down here, especially the lower income kids like me, not, we don't all have the opportunity, so. Part of it's that, you know, the people that are like, man, why don't you guys want to stay here? We got all the best nature. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't access that. You know, we, we're hours away. So, uh, yeah, they got a lot of work to do here, this, this task force. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to go back to our other guests now. You, you guys have been listening to, to Sam talk about both the commission, the council, uh, and his, his decision. I wonder what, uh, what your reactions are. I mean, my my first thought, if I could hop in Karen, there, go is, ahead. Yeah, you said you said there's only there isn't yet one person ap- appointed under 25, and the youngest person is just barely under 40, under 30, I under think. 30. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, as as someone who's younger, I don't I don't assume that they can't uh, enact policies or find ways to to develop the state for younger people. But I'm wondering, like, who they're speaking to? At least what. Are we going to be able to understand a little bit more about what their process is for this council and what they'll be doing so that we know that that process can include younger people? Yeah. Maybe the council doesn't have to have them on there, but it does, of course, raise some eyebrows when I don't hear there's anyone young on it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, yeah. I'll be a little more mean and say, Paul, <laughs> like, go ahead. People on this panel, I mean, we again, we've seen, we've been losing for decades because we've been doing the same thing for decades. So I think having these very familiar voices, um, we we know we're going to yield the same results. I think there there were two things that Sam hit on that um, that like I definitely wanted to expand on. One is the cost. Um, mm. it, it is the fact that I think for a long time. Detroit's value offer was that, you know, you you may be dealing with like, you know, lower amenities, you, you have a lot more to put up with, but rent is cheaper. I mean, your cost of living kind of, you yeah. know, can balance that out and makes it makes it make a little more sense to be around. We're now at the point where rent in downtown Detroit is on par with where it is in other parts of the country and you're not getting the same value for your dollar there. Um, and on top of that, you're having to pay for Car insurance, your highest premiums in the country, yeah, having no to kidding. drive everywhere, having to pay almost $2,000 in rent and still having to go to the suburbs to get to Target. These are these are types of things that are unsustainable. Um, and I think the other point was just, yeah, there's. it's really sad that the people that have the most passion for the state seem to be the ones that are that are being pushed out. On this yeah. Like I have have a tattoo of the Bell Out Lighthouse on my calves. Like I, you know, I do care very much about that place. And very much, you guys uh, in the Michigan tattoos, that is something. Yeah, 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 you know. Cool. That's very cool. Uh, Rachel? Yeah, I mean, when I hear the word council or even committee, it it almost sounds performative to me. It's like, oh, we're going to talk about these things. And like Sam said, we're already talking about these things, like in our social communities and in our organizing spaces and in our like hallways at work. You know, we're already having these conversations. So we don't need a more formal place to have conversations. Like we need options for action that would actually excite young people around um, and and maybe give us an idea and then ask for our feedback. You know, yeah. like don't say, oh, let's let, let's talk to the young people. Like we're already talking right yeah. <laughs> you're already talking about it right yeah, yeah. Right. paul also said something earlier about how like they try to rebrand stuff as innovation I, I don't ever feel like we've ever tried to diversify or change the type of industries that operate here and to me that's kind of the main thing like in this region in this state like unless we re like, find a new identity um and, and expand i don't see people wanting to come here for any newer reasons than they would have came for before yeah. Or stay for any new reasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones if you want to participate in the conversation about how we attract and retain more young people here in Michigan. Are we doing the right thing with the Governor's Grow Michigan Council? Uh, should we have more young voices involved with that? You can also go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we can work you into the conversation. I want to start on the phones today. Uh, with uh, Camilla Lazundia. They are classmates with Paul Jones. Uh, they were classmates yes. with Paul Jones. Uh, <laughs> and is uh, someone who's also left the state. Camilla, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So uh, walk me through your calculus in terms of where you wanted to be and where you might stay, whether you might come back to Michigan. Why did you decide to leave? Right. Um, I come from a family with Michigan roots. My grandpa went to Cast Tech, but I was raised in Northern California um, in 2016. I was accepted to the University of Michigan. I moved to Ann Arbor, did undergrad and grad school education there. And then in 2022, I moved to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
And and what was the reason? Uh, what was the reason not to stay in Michigan? Or did you just feel like, uh, hey, there are there are more interesting places in the world. I want to check them out. Right. Well, there are so many reasons why I could have stayed in Michigan. Um, the water, the people, the summers. But I felt um, especially claustrophobic in Ann Arbor after six years. I felt like I had seen it all. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the logical next step for me would have been moving to Detroit. But I am a stubborn young person without a driver's <laughs> license. I would uh, own a car, wow. <laughs> mainly for climate reasons. And I'm not alone. A lot of young people are becoming less interested in car ownership uh-huh. and ridership in the last few decades. And um, I, I spent my graduate education studying public transit and how to make Michigan's public transit network better. But if I wanted to stay in Michigan and be mobile, I would have needed a car. And so in Philly, you're able to manage with, without a car. Is that, that's what you're saying? That's right. It has a decent public transportation network. Yeah, yeah. So, Camilla, what would bring you back? I mean, obviously, better public transit. Uh, I think there are a lot of people who, who fall into that category. But are there other things that you feel like maybe as you, as you grow older or as your life changes that would have you come back to Michigan? Right, right. Well, as an urban planner, I moved because I wanted to be in a big urban city. And as a young person, I wanted to be somewhere with lots of people and culture and opportunities. And I wouldn't say that that Detroit and the surrounding areas don't have that. But um, I I think that other cities do it better. And so so that's why I choose choose Philly. Yeah. Uh, Camilla, I really love that you called in and, uh, and good luck to you in Philly, but, uh, keep us in mind, keep an eye on home and <laughs> look for those chances, uh, to come back and, and be an urban planner here. Talk about, uh, needs that we have in Southeast Michigan and the, and the state. But, uh, Camilla, I really do appreciate the call. Let's go next to Robin in Detroit. Robin, what's on your mind? Yes. Hello, Stephen. Hi. Hey. Thanks for having me. Sure. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I want to talk about, yes, I have a daughter that's uh, in college, and she's she must have to be coming back. But I'm, I'm not focused on a little um, short, like seven, eight months. How is it going to look for them, uh, seeing so that um, the state and the governor, they all took funds from the um, from the, the black children in Detroit. See, I want to talk about real issues. They don't took the money from the black children in Detroit to build all of these um, uh, 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 stadiums, uh, all of these uh, vendors for these mm-hmm. people to attract them to come back to Detroit. Hmm. Housing, all of that building up downtown, off the back to take some children, little black children, uh, I must add. Uh, I mean, they need computers, they need water, they need everything. But nobody's talking about that. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not getting nothing. Okay, so I want to focus on the children. That's here that's living in Detroit, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Oh, how how's it gonna live for them? And due to this racist gentrification that's happening, sure. everything that's really happening in Detroit City is all to attract white people. Mm-hmm. Only them. Nothing about mm-hmm. us black people. So let's talk about the real issue. Yeah, Robin, I'm gl- Robin, I'm glad you called and and injected that point into the into the conversation. Um, there's no question that things look really different for Little black kids growing up in Detroit than they do for for other folks. Uh, I'm going to get our panel of young people to 
to respond to that. Uh, Carrie, I'll start. I'll start with you. Um, I mean, what Robert's hitting on is honestly one of the key reasons why long-term Michigan may not be in my future is I would love for the city of Detroit particularly to, to, to invest more in their education system. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I was talking to someone a few weeks ago and they were like, oh man, what are the, one of the things if you want, if you want them to fix one thing and you could like wave a magic wand, what would it be? And for, to me, at least, you know, I'm not all into the inner workings of how, it work, how, how the city's operating, but talking about an investment in the future you're talking about an investment in the city long term you're looking for the people who are already here and investing in their education and, and that's the little kids so we know that that's been a struggle for the city for decades so until i see a change in that i don't know at least from the like the, the authorities the powers that be and mm-hmm. their efforts to uh, benefit the folks who, who live here i don't know what that what that is yeah uh, rachel you're yeah. a clinical uh, uh social worker uh, you know, the decisions that we make about how we invest, who we value, what communities we value, all have an impact on people's decisions about how they stay here, but they also have an impact on the, the lives of the people who are here. And of course, in your work, I'm sure you bump up against all of that. Oh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people are, are making a lot of decisions of of change and of self. And, um, that's what, that's what I talk with my clients about every single day. You know, they're, they're trying to make changes in their lives, but they're feeling really, um, resource deprived, I guess. And they're like, well, I want to make this change in my life, but if I want to go there, I need a salary of at least this much. And I don't know if I can earn that. And I don't know if my resume has all these, um, the things that I need on it. And so I think a lot of people are operating from just like resource deprivation rather than opportunity. Um, and like Robin was saying, I'm yeah, Detroit is doing a lot of things to attract not only white people, but also I think temporary residents, like mm-hmm. they're creating mm-hmm. opportunities for tourism and sporting events and they're building all these studio and one bedroom apartments. Like that's not attracting families and people who want to like put down roots here. And so I think we have to think about too, like, well, the pe- who are the people that we want to be attracting to Detroit and how do you build a, like a built environment for them that could sustain them and not just attract them for a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sam or Paul, I want to get you get guys in here too. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I would just say, I mean, Robin really hit the nail on the head. I was for me as a planner um, when I finished grad school and was looking for jobs. The highest playing planner jobs in Detroit are for um, industrial planning for all these factories that huh. we're building in people's neighborhoods, and mm-hmm. that's work that I don't want to do. That is that goes against my values, um, and so just really, it, it was really a struggle. I, I think when I was still there wanting to be, you know, civically involved, showing up at city council, showing up at, um, at community meetings and seeing people that look like you suffer um, while everyone is, is is pushing this narrative that things are getting better. Wow. It's really, it really does weigh on people a lot more. And I think there are a lot of young people um, who are experiencing a serious burnout from that um, and really, really are holding that weight while they're making decisions about um, what their future looks like there. So, yeah, yeah no, that, that absolutely resonated with right. me. Sam, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with, with uh, Robin. I, I live right here downtown, so I can I can see it with my own eyes myself when I walk around every day. Um, but, you know, I, and I can also... Uh, uh, I can also, you know, say that I would make a lot more money if I lived in Washington D.C. than than living here. You know, I I, I don't know um, why it is. Well, we know why it is. I think just the general narrative about Detroit and Michigan. Oh, it's you know, it's easy to buy a house. Things are cheap there. Um, the rest of the country, you know, uh, people are working remote jobs. It, it's not catching up. So people are doing those same remote jobs anywhere else. 
Um, And I think a little bit of what we thought was going to happen after the pandemic, which was, oh, people are going to come up here. They're going to go want to live up in Traverse City, do their remote job, kind of going away. So we'll see what, you know, the next uh, post-pandemic years look like. Sure. Okay. Uh, I want to thank all of the young folks who joined us today to talk about this subject on Detroit Today. Carrie Jr., Paul Jones III, Rachel Levy, and Sam Robinson. All of you had really... I think, incisive points to make about this effort uh, to attract and retain more young people. Also want to wish all of you well as you continue to make decisions about where you're going to be in the world and, of course, hope that that you end up here in southeast Michigan. Thanks for being here with us on Detroit Today. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to stay on this subject, but we're going to hear from a member of the governor's new Growing Michigan Together Council. Sandy Barua, who is the CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber, is going to join us to talk about how we attract and retain more young folks here. We also want to continue to hear from you on the phones and on social. 313-577-1019 is the number, and you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. WDET brings you news about your neighborhood. WDET plays music from the Motor City. WDET amplifies the voices in our community. WDET is your public radio station. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm always really glad that you have decided to join us. We have been talking about uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer's announcement of the creation of a 28-member council tasked with creating recommendations on how this state can retain and attract young talent. Uh, Right now, we're joined by one of the first 16 commissioners named to the panel to get his insight into the issues that face the panel and that face the state. How do we tackle some of these problems. Sandy Barua is the president and CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber. Sandy, welcome back to Detroit Today. Good to be with you, Stephen. So let's start with what you are looking at as an incoming member of the growing Michigan Together Council. Why do you believe Michigan has had trouble retaining and recruiting young people to this state? Yeah, well, first of all, it is not just young people. Obviously, young people are critical. Uh, but it's really attracting and retaining people of all sorts. I mean, one of the things that we saw during uh, kind of the lost decade, as we now call it in Michigan, is that when people left Michigan, uh, for some reason, they took their children with them. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, so that means that even, you know, adults, uh, who either choose not to come to the state or who are in the state and leave the state have a direct impact on retaining young people uh, in the state. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we have to take a very holistic view. And one of the reasons why I'm, you know, very pleased to be on this is uh, the issue that I'm going to be pushing is not any particular issue or any particular point of view. 
it is an overall approach. And that overall approach needs to be holistic. You know, one of the challenges that I think Michigan has faced, at least during my dozen years plus now in Michigan, is that we, we uh, are constantly taking a very programmatic approach to solve very big problems. And I just don't think it's working for us very well. Yeah. You know, we have issues around, you know, we have tremendous issues around education, especially public K-12 education. Some of your, your previous panelists, you know, certainly touched on that. Infrastructure, you know, economic development uh, policy, uh, you know, we, there's, there's a whole host of issues that confront Michigan, which are also Michigan's opportunities. And instead of looking at what is the umbrella, what is the big picture that we need to look at, we tend to look at individual programs and say, oh, let's create a program here. Let's create a new entity here. Um, and, and let's not kind of knit things together. Because, you know, as you know, Steve, and I, I, I spent a lot of my growing up years on on the West Coast, mm-hmm. and obviously big tech influence uh, on the West Coast. And one of the primary differences uh, that I see here then compared to other places I've lived is what is people's perspective? What is people's view? And here it's, it's a little bit more rear view looking as opposed to out the windshield looking. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when Michigan thinks about uh, success, when they think about, you know, uh, their their best days, they tend to look behind them. In the rear view, for sure. You know, like, oh, you know, you know, uh, you know, gosh, we're just one great Chevy away from reliving our glory days. <laughs> uh, you know, it's always about I want to get back what we what we had, as opposed to other places I've lived. It is a very kind of future oriented view. And when you think about what's going to attract people, young people, middle aged people, frankly, retirees, right? People want to be in an environment that is forward looking. And I think that is one of the main things that I want to bring to the commission is let's make sure we're creating a framework. Let's make sure we're creating a positive overall view of what the what the truly positive future is for Michigan and not creating a laundry list of programs and entities that we want to create and implement. Yeah. Yeah. So so I want to talk about this tension about membership on the commission and how important it is to have young voices be there. Obviously, the commission's work is going to focus on young people. And I would imagine will involve a lot of young people talking with the commission or or being involved with shaping the recommendations. But but how important is it to have you know, not just one young person on on the commission, but you know, a critical mass of that of, of that voice represented. Yeah, I mean, this is you know, I've I've served on these commissions uh, before, especially at the state level. Uh, in fact, I chaired one for for former Governor Snyder. You know, there there's this balancing act that needs to occur that you have to make the commission small enough that, that they're actually workable. Uh, but you need to make them diverse enough to make sure that that they're representative. And that is, you know, in a state that is as large as Michigan, you know, the geographic differences, the demographic differences, the business and economic differences, you know, it, 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 that is a really tough task. So I, I don't fault uh, <laughs> people who are putting the commission together uh, for not hitting every demographic because it's frankly impossible. Yeah. So next, go, go ahead. That is that they're not done yet, right? Uh, I, there, there's there's a few more positions to be uh, uh, 
to, to, to be announced. I have no role in that. Uh, uh, I, I, <laughs> I do not envy uh, you know, the, the commission chairs and the governor and the state officials that are helping to put this together. Uh, but hopefully we'll get some more young people there, too. But, you know, certainly one of the things that, you know, I'm going to press on is data. Yes. Is, you know, in God we trust, all others bring data. And, you know, as you know, Stephen, you know, our organization does a lot of polling. We use the Glenn Gariff Group. Uh, you know, as does other like media outlets like WDIV, Business mm-hmm. Leaders from Michigan. Uh, I'm really going to be pushing for uh, polling data and research data uh, that goes into all sectors, especially young people and young professionals. Young professionals, let's face it, drive um, uh, drive a big part of regional economies. When you look at the most successful regional economies. Uh, in the nation and across the globe, uh, they are highly, highly attractive to young professionals, those with an associate's degree or a four-year degree or more. So, uh, you know, I want to make sure that we're making database decisions. So regardless of who's on the commission, uh, I want to make sure that we've got really good data uh, to base recommendations on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've only got about two minutes left, but I want to have you talk just a little about some of the tension that came out in the previous conversation we had between this idea of focusing on economic development and focusing on young people. I think there's there's an assumed tension between those two things. I wonder if you see that and whether you think that's something this council will have to will have to sort through. Yeah, see, that's where I am really pushing for, you know, what is the what is the big picture here? Because uh, I don't see uh, a tension or disconnect there uh, at all. Again, uh-huh. when you look at, you know, what are the places that are attracting people? Well, one of the key elements is there's economic opportunity for them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, you know, that's happening in blue states and red states. Uh, uh, and, you know, there and there are certainly, you know, red states that have social policies that most Michiganders kind of like, go, hmm, well, that's probably not something I would support. Mm-hmm. But people are moving there anyway. Why is that? Because of economic opportunity. But you can't just have economic opportunity. You need place. You need infrastructure. You need education. So, you know, the whole, again, I really want to move away from this very programmatic approach. Yeah. You know, we need to fix education. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, let's have a whole laundry list of things of education. Let's, you know, have a whole laundry list of, of things among uh, other issues. So I don't see a disconnect there at all. But we need to put this in a frame. Right. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say, and I know we're running out of time, is that we just can't buy to be somebody else. Right. Uh, I'm really tired. Talk- of people who point to other places, oh, we need to become Minneapolis or we need to become Dallas or, you know, it's like going, no, we don't. I mean, we have a history. We have a patina. You know, we need to honor our history. We need to build off of our history. Uh, Michigan has an incredible proud history. Uh, That includes our industry. That includes our people, includes our demographics, includes our contribution uh, to to World War II and, and other parts of history. You know, Let's build on that. Let's not try to pretend to be somebody that we're not. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Sandy Barua, CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber and new member of 
Governor Whitmer's Growing Michigan Together Council. Great to have you here back here, as always. Uh, thanks for joining us on Detroit Today. Good to be with you, Stephen. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow when we'll have more great programming for you here on Detroit Today. Also remember, if you like the show and enjoy listening, share it with your friends, your relatives, anyone you think would enjoy it. This community is better when there are more people participating in it. This is WDET-FM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.